Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Action, the series where we hear from entrepreneurs from all over the world on how they bring success to their clients and build their own success in the process. I'm your host, Warwick Merry from warwickmerry.com. Now let's get straight to it and hear from our next Entrepreneur in Action. Welcome to another edition of Entrepreneurs in Action. Today, we're going to find out how to win more clients. And I'm thrilled to have with me Serial Entrepreneur. This man has done so much stuff. It's phenomenal. The lovely Tim Hyde. Tim, welcome. Thanks, Warwick. How are you today? Uh, Fantastic. All the better for being in your presence, of course. (laughs) Um, Now, how to win more clients. Now, this this is basically every company and every entrepreneur's dream, how to win more clients. So I have to ask, and I've seen a lot of stuff you'll see on the internet, get more money, get more clients, get more of this. What makes you the expert? Why should we believe what you're telling us? Um, no, that's a fair, fair question, Warwick, and you do see a lot of stuff on the internet about what people are doing, and, and it's all very formulaic. If you look at the metadata underneath that, it's all very formulaic. Um, it's, but it's a challenge that, that most business owners face. And In my experience, people come to business typically from a technician perspective. And what I mean by that is that they've been very, very good at their job, don't want to work for the man anymore, and, and go out on their own. And, you know, you win a lot of business like that you know, almost accidentally, not really with any sort of clear purpose. And when they start to grow their business, the challenge that people face is, where do I get more clients? People aren't trained in sales and marketing. You know, they're trained to be good chefs or, you know... Uh, Whatever it might the be, they're great at what they're doing, but they're they great at what they're doing, really. but not really at it from a business okay. perspective. And they get to a certain point where you go, "I need the next client yep. to grow my business." Where do those come from? Yep. And and certainly a lot of business owners that I've spoken to over the last couple of years find that they've grown their business in even to a million dollars, which you know people go, "A million dollars? That seems like a lot of money," and are actually earning less money than when they were working for somebody else. Right. Right. So, um, uh, as you're saying, you've, you're dealing with clients, etc. And uh, you're, when I was talking to you earlier, you were saying that your your generic title is fixer. I fix things. So, tell me, with some of your past clients, what sort of successes have you been able to bring them? Um, well, I think it comes down to really understanding what the objective is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we was working with a client this time last year, and you know, one month campaign that we ran through the right act was my was my last business, mm-hmm. and we not only just looking at what the you know their client was going to respond to, but also what the conversion strategies were, and I think that's where people sort of fall down. You attract clients, but you don't necessarily convert them. So Jeremy was able to achieve you know three hundred new clients in the space of a month. Fantastic. I mean, and like for many businesses, three hundred new clients would almost be overwhelming. I, I don't think businesses would be set up to deal with that many Ab- new clients. Absolutely. I mean, his now challenge is you know do I turn the tap on and off. Yeah, you know, about when I when I want more clients yeah, in, in yeah. my database. What a fantastic problem to have! It's, it's a, well, uh, versus oh my god, where am I getting my clients from? It's yeah. like I can't deal with this this many. It is, and we speak to a lot of people and yourself as well. Where you see people who have a full pipeline, it's a wonderful position to be in. Yes, when you don't have a full pipeline, you typically sort of start to grab whatever clients in front of you, and it's not necessarily the best client for your business. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you sort of start to respond. Yep. more than be proactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a tra- I think the trap that, that a lot of business owners fall into. Well, and that, I suppose that, that leads me to my first question, which is why do people find it hard to get new customers or hard to get new clients? I mean, like, surely, you know, businesses have been around for eons. Surely we would know how to get new clients by now. Why do we people struggle? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's because people, again, as I as mentioned earlier, people are not trained in how to market their business. They're not trained in sales. Um, in the same way that people quite often as they progress through their you know, their everyday work career, um, 
you know, as, as public servants or employees, you know, they get to a certain skill level and they're promoted to management and expected to manage the staff that they were previously working with, but they're not given the skill set to do so. And the same challenge exists for business owners with the sales and marketing, and it's a pretty consistent problem that we hear. How do I get more leads? Where do I go next? What should I look for? I've got lots of ideas. Which one should I do first? Right. And, and getting clarity on, you know, which one you should do is is a challenge that, that many business owners face. Yeah. You know, rather than trying to do everything and then going, oh, that didn't work, I'm going to stop. Yeah. I'm going to go into the next thing and not really letting that seed grow to, to a proper lead source. And this is, and I've, I've spoken with other entrepreneurs, and they, there's a lot to be said for having a strategy and being committed to the strategy. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, my last, you know, I started uh, an online newspaper in Canberra 13 years ago whilst having a day job like a lot of business owners do, you know, to get a bit of money. And, and, mm-hmm. and at a certain point, I had to jump, of that, jump out of that and, and be in full time to take it to the next level. And consistently with, the, you know, the last 500 clients I work with in their marketing campaigns was, I need to market. I like where that audience is going. Now, what do I say to them? Mm-hmm. But being really clear about what you say to that audience and why should they respond and what they want to do next is is something that we don't necessarily take for granted. We just assume that people understand the problem we solve yeah. and they don't necessarily do so. Yep. One of the things I've seen a lot and, I, and I'm, I'm really interested in your perspective is I'll see clients and like retail clients in particular, you know, they'll get what I would refer to as a prospect. Someone will walk in and be looking at something and I can see buying signals, but the person behind the counter just can't convert them. And I've seen other small and micro businesses, same thing, they'll have prospects, but, but not be able to convert. So why can't people convert? I think there's a couple of things that people people look at. You know, some people will go too quick. All right, they'll go straight from inquiry to quote. Yes. You know, there's no there's no trust there. Everyone else is going from inquiry to quote. So as soon as you do that, you know, someone says, "I oh, Warwick, can you give me a quote?" Chances are they've got three quotes. You're going to start to be commoditized just on price. If it's in the in the case of retail, you can be too quick and go and say, "Hey, can I help you with?" And it's always Whatever the defensive. No, 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 like, no, I'm just no, looking. No, no, I'm just looking. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a standard a standard response, and you you do it. I do it myself. But then when you look around and say, "I now need help," they're not responsive. So you can be either too attentive or not attentive enough to your client. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest reasons, and particularly sort of, uh, I guess, in the business to business space, um, is not is no follow up. Now you sort of send your quote out and you you leave it at that, mm-hmm. or you send your tender off and you leave it at that. Not understanding the client, not following them up. Uh, you know, are two of the biggest mistakes I see in in how to convert that business. Who's in control of that sales process? Because this is an interesting thing because as a consumer, and, and right now I want air conditioning because it's been very hot and I've been to see two people and one guy has followed up really n- nicely. The other guy said, oh, I'll get back to you on Friday. It's now four days after the Friday and I still haven't heard from them. And so, you're so, probably not going to buy from him. No, well, it's like for me, I'm like, well, Who's in control? Like for me, I'm just like, if he's this bad enough getting the quote back to me, how are they going to go installing? Um, so, and a lot of people will are expecting the customer to get back in touch with them. So well, you shouldn't. Well, exactly, you shouldn't. This is where business owners, I think, abdicate responsibility for their sales. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very reactionary. You wait till you know retail again. You wait till someone walks through the shop. You put some pretty stuff in the window, and hopefully that attracts people in. But then you wait for them to come in rather than standing out and saying, hey, we've got a great new range and I think this will look fantastic on you. In the case of your air conditioners, you know, the, the, the business owner who's set an expectation that they'll call you on Friday and hasn't done so has actually undermined whatever trust that you had with them. Mm. 
And, and in doing so, you're now going to question the quality of their work, just subconsciously. Yes. You're going to question the value of that quote. You're going to do a good job. And immediately they're sort of undermining whatever trust that they may have built with you and getting the foot in the door. Mm. And that's a, a challenge that business owners have faced, just to continue to reinforce the trust, to set an expectation with the client and reinforce that expectation about what's going to happen. Clients don't know. But if you can reinforce that expectation, we're going to call you here, then we're going to call you here to follow up, and this is what we're going to give you, that starts to set this level of comfort mm. with the experience that they're going to receive from you. Yep. And that builds trust, and as they build trust, that'll get to people where they're ready to buy. You're talking a lot about trust here, um, like you know, you've mentioned it about five times in the last sentence. So obviously, trust is trust more important than say price, even. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think price. People talk about price a lot, but I don't think as big as a big an influencer in in the decision making process as people think it is. Right. I'm, and you're probably the same. I'm more prepared to pay a higher price. If I'm going to get a better quality of service, a better product, uh, and get my expectations met, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want air conditioning delivered in the middle of winter. Yeah, I want it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's you know the one who's already given me the quote and was all fabulous. They're like, oh yeah, we've got a five-year warranty on the product and a six-year installation warranty. So it's like there is that they're building that level of trust. So I'm like, that's worth something to me. That's so. Right. I think it's important that the listeners understand that trust really is the foundation. is way more important than, than price. Value is still really important, but trust is, is, is a foundation. Yeah. Well, you've got to trust that value is going to be delivered. Yes. Yes, that's so true. And I, and I see, and I do a model with a lot of clients that, you know, in terms of a sort of buying cycle, you've got a bunch of people down one end who don't know you from a bar of soap, other than the perhaps they know what a bar of soap looks like. Yeah. But they don't know you from a bar of soap. A referral moves you along that trust line to a point where they're ready to buy. If you spend all your time one-on-one trying to convince people of the value of your product and trying to convince people that they should trust you, you're sort of forgetting the fact that the other, the other end, there's people who are ready to buy and that's where your best value you know, for your time right. spend is going to be. So speaking of trust, um, I've seen a lot of, I won't say dodgy, but I'll say questionable adverts, be it on television, on the internet, in newspaper, um, the, there's the famous quote that um, only 50, 50% of your advertising dollar works, but we don't know which 50% that is. So, and, and you were talking about you run your own online newspaper. Tell, tell me about advertising, because typically small businesses go, oh, I'll put an ad in the paper, I'll put an ad in a magazine, and someone will approach me saying, oh, well, give us an ad and we'll run it for you and look at all the business you'll make. Our, our papers are dying. So tell me about advertising. I think it depends on the on the nature of your business. You know, mm-hmm. some businesses are going to be better. If you've got, you know, a geological, you know, exploration firm, you know, advertising in newspapers is going to be a complete waste of most of your money. Yes. You've got a very select number of clients. If you're selling air conditioners on a hot day, getting a broadsheet, you know, exposure is probably a, a good way to, to sort of get brand awareness of your product. People aren't going to buy you unless they're aware of, A, the problem that they've got, and B, that you've got a solution that solves the problem. Um, in terms of where people put their money, and I've got a friend in a media in a media buying role in an agency in Canberra, and you know she always says that you know probably three, four, five times a week, someone is coming to her with a new channel for people to advertise in. Right. Right. And you know, look over five years, that's around 1,500, 1,600 yeah. new advertising channels. And as a business owner, I mean, she's she finds it hard to keep up and that's our whole job. So as business owners, we find it very difficult to understand where our where our market is moving to, where our, you know, who's consuming, who is our buyer 
and what media are they consuming? Mm-hmm. And when we don't understand those two things and the huge number of potential advertising channels that are available to us mm. now, we typically just go for the best sales pitch. Mm. You know, and we get, oh, I just spend more money and I'll spend more <laughs> money in that channel. Completely un- not understanding what the objective of that is. And then when we put them in, we quite often forget some of the key things. You know, Am I poking a pain point for my client? Mm-hmm. What's my solution to that pain point? Am I reaching the right target market? And what do I want them to do next? Ah, right. You know, I recall talking to a business coach last year who'd spent 12 months uh, advertising in the Byron Bay Advertiser and giving some fantastic business advice. And when he stopped doing that and said, I'm not getting any business, people came out of the woodwork and said, oh, you stopped your column. How come? And he's going, well, I wasn't getting business out of it. I had a look at a couple of these things and he'd just forgotten to put a call to action in. Right. Okay. So it's just, here's a lovely message. Enjoy. Here's a lovely message. Enjoy. And people are going, this is fantastic. This is really great information. Right. But no, what next? Okay. Okay. So it sounds like we're fitting back and going back to where we sort of started with is, what's your strategy? Like, what's your strategy like from go to woe? What do you want them to do? Where are your niche market? What, what do you want them to act on? That's right. So what are some of the other mistakes that people make in trying to get clients? What have been some of the clangers? We've talked about how they don't convert. They find it hard because they're being a technician in their business. And in, when it comes to advertising, they're spending all in, in different areas or without a strategy. What other mistakes have you seen people make trying to get clients? Uh, I think the, the best one I've ever heard... Um, was a was a pair who were trying to sell me. I don't, I'm not even sure what it is now, but it was a it was an architectural program. It was how to sort of share architectural diagrams, and the, the extent of their market. They were selling it for 99 cents, really cheap, fantastic value, and they're only going to sell it to people in the ACT, which is in you know, a population of three and a half, you know, 350,000. How many architects? Maybe a hundred. Yes. Right. So 100 times 99 cents. They weren't going to make a huge amount of money from it. Yeah. But I said, you know, can you explain to me your, you know, what problem you solve in two sentences? And they couldn't do it. It took right. them 15 minutes. I have to. I said, I need to stop you right there. I still don't know what it is you do. Right. If you have to explain the problem to me, yeah, you've lost me straight away. Okay. All right. So, so you're really talking about, you know, clarity of what's the pain point and what is the message we're trying to get across. Absolutely. And you should be able to articulate in that, you know, in one or two sentences. I serve business owners who are trying to generate more business. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's flip it around. We know what we people do wrong. What do we need to do? Like, give us your top five tips on what, what we need to do to win more clients. I think there's a couple of areas that people, you know, almost universally across business could do better than they're currently doing right mm-hmm. now. First of those is strategic partnerships. You know, we, we as business owners typically look very insular, but there are people out there who are not competitors with us, but share the same market. We look at ways that we can add value to those you know, strategic partners to potentially reach those audiences okay. and even doing things like you know, profit splits and, and on product, joint product development as well. I sort of understand what you're talking about. Have you got an example? To, to give me an example of someone who's in not competitive markets that, or a successful well, joint venture or strategic okay, partnership? Well, a really good example is I'm, I'm you know, doing a webinar soon with a, a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a printing business, a quick copy of business attached to his graphic design sort right. of things. And we're going to be doing a joint webinar on business development strategies and how print can be used, you know, in really sort of 
focusing your market to where it, where it needs to go. Okay. And we're going to do a webinar, which leads to a joint workshop, which we'll do together, and we'll split the proceeds of that workshop, okay. and, and hopefully he'll get some business. And so you're before. advertising that webinar to your I'm database, and I'm he's adver- advertising to his database. That's right. So we're both going okay. to our respective databases. Fantastic. All of a sudden, the sum is better than you know the, the, than its parts. Great. Okay. Okay. And so if someone is looking to do a joint venture kind of thing, where do they find someone in that sort of non-competitive but sort of aligned kind of business? You can go to your existing partners. You know, who, oh, who are your existing, your suppliers are yep. a really great way. Um, you know, your existing clients. How can you add value to your client's business is another way of doing it. So okay. if you've got some clients and you've got some suppliers already, talk to them. Okay, fantastic. And say, I'm thinking of this idea, you know, would that be of benefit to yeah, you? Yeah, great. All right, so the first strategy is do, look at doing some joint ventures or strategic alliances. What's your second tip for second getting Second one, uh, I think, is an area that most people can get very wrong is around their website. Right. You know? um, and you've got to understand what type of business you're in. If you're, you know, our geotech firm, you don't need a really complicated e-commerce website. Mm-hmm. You do need a website that gives as a, as a brochure. It's about your business. Um, you know, but I think that the key thing that people miss on their business, on their websites in particular, is... What do you want the client to do once they've read it? Ah, okay. And most people do that. Where's my key call to action website? Yep. And I like to call it the yellow brick road. You know, you've got to assume that you're, the person visiting your website really has no idea what they're doing. Yep. What, you, what do you want them to do after they've read your website? So, so you essentially we're subscribe to, to newsletter, call you, we want to download make it a easy. product, okay. make it easy for them and, you know, stick their big red button if you need to. <laughs> say, start here. Yeah. Okay. And it is, it's like, because so many websites are confusing, there's stuff everywhere. So it is that keep it, it's the KISS principle again, keep Absolutely. it simple, sexy, as I like to call the KISS principle. And so just make it really easy. Once I'm on your website, what do you want me to do next? Absolutely. Okay. And you, you're talking about the, the, our geotech firm, how some websites are indeed just a brochure, aren't they? That's right. Um, because particularly for something like that, where it's just going to let you know we're in the business and the next step is really call us and let's talk in more detail because there is so much you could do versus there are some online commerce websites which as soon as you get there, click here to buy or click here to see this video. Yeah. Or understanding your, again, understanding your visitor's need. What yep. are they there for to do? Yep. And what do you want them to do and, when And is there? this part of going back to looking at who's my target market, who's my Absolutely. niche client? Absolutely. Okay. You know, and I've got another client that I started working with two years ago and when we started with him, his, his target market was... Uh, males and females between the ages of 10 and 70 who <laughs> played sport and knew someone who played sport. And you, and you laugh about it and go, hey, well, that's obviously too broad. How can we create a message that reaches that all those people yeah. at the same time? Yeah. But again, not coming to it from a marketing perspective. He's going, I want to serve all those people. And yeah. absolutely, you want to serve all those people. But it's not your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Your ideal client's a much, much smaller subset mm. of that. I've heard it said that you know you, you need to select your niche market and do that that inch wild mild mild deep, that you target your marketing towards it. But if someone else who's not in that niche comes to you and wants to buy, you still sell to them. Would Absolutely. you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, good. It's sell to anyone, but market to your specific. That's right. Okay, fantastic. All right, so we've looked at um, uh, our strategic alliances. We're going to get our website with a good call to action. What's the third third tip you got? I think the the third one is is probably the the you know, the big elephant in the room right now, and that's social media. Okay. Right. Um, it's it's become, you know, the way we communicate now, and, and it's sort of evolved over the last sort of 13 years. When I started the Riot Act in Canberra, you know, the term social media didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But it was only a natural evolution that people had more access to technology, wanted to have their voice heard, and wanted to share 
with their friends and yes. families and and other people that would eventually sort of draw together in a you know in a collaborative way that we now call social media whether it's facebook linkedin twitter you know bebo but and there's thousands and thousands of mm. different social media sites pinterest is another one that's sort of gained a lot of popularity again but the key with those again is understanding who is the market on those channels you know um apparently there's sort of 70 percent hispanic on twitter who would have thought it? Really? Right. And Pinterest is 95% female. Mm. Right. But understanding who are the consumers of that market, making sure that your strategy is aligned or your product is aligned to reach that audience uh, and then have a very clear strategy about you know how you're going to communicate with them. And again, how are you going to build trust for those people? Mm-hmm. No one likes to be sold to on social media. Yes. And I've heard it said it's a bit like having a family dinner and then having Avon knock on your door and try and flog your product. <laughs> but it is. You see people who basically jump on and go, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And it, 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 you immediately go, block, I'm not going to... Yeah, exactly. That. You've got to build a relationship with people. But again, right. just like you know, my friend with his business coaching business, eventually you've got to ask them to do something. Yes. It's not just about building a relationship and getting that balance right. Is, is a challenge that business owners yeah, yeah. do face. And, and social media is a great way to waste an entire day as well. So it is about having that having that strategy that, uh, as you said, having a, an understanding why you're here. I've heard it said that social media is like fire. It's a brilliant tool but a poor master. Uh, and too many people sort of get excited about social media and are driven by it versus using the tool itself for their business. And as you say, picking where is my target market and that's where I need to be. I recall years ago, my wife was working in a marketing role with a real estate agency and one of the agents came to, came to her and said, uh, you know, can you help me get set up, get set up on, on LinkedIn? And of course, Penny's turned around and said, you know, well, for what purpose? Why do you want to be on LinkedIn? And the response was, oh, someone told me I should be on there. <laughs> you know, it really understanding why do I, why am I going into that? What's the objective I'm yeah. trying to seek from going yeah. into that particular channel? And I think that holds through for any particular, any marketing activity that yeah. you're trying to do. And again, this comes back to what's my strategy? You know, where is my target market? How am I going to, and versus, I know a lot of people on LinkedIn who just add anyone and their, any man and their dog and then do nothing with it. Well, the same on Facebook, you know, how many friends have you got? Lots. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What are they there for? Yeah, you know, yep. do you know them? <laughs> yeah, or not know them? Are you marketing to them? Are you not marketing to them? Yeah, great. Okay, so social media. Social media. Next one, I think, there's, is is one that that the people overlook, and that's uh, a newsletter. You know, right. and a lot of business development is lost with your existing clients. Yep. And a newsletter is a great way of continually just reminding people that you're still there and adding value to your relationship. It's a bit like your relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. You spend all this time trying to win and woo them and you've got chocolates and flowers and you know sweet nothings in the ear and dates. And then you get married and it's all wonderful and rosy and then you kind of forget about them. Yeah. Right? And eventually they sort of go the relationship goes stale, you know, and someone else is trying to woo your partner away. Right. And and they're doing the chocolates and flowers and everything. And the same relationship exists with your clients. And just doing something as simple as a newsletter or even, a, you know, your odd webinar or podcast to add value to back to your clients keeps them happy and yep. keeps them with you more I, than them going I like what else. you're saying about adding value to the clients because I've seen a lot of newsletters which are pretty much, let me tell you about me. How good am I? I'm fantastic. Tell me more about me. Well, the, so what sort of blend do you get? Again, it's a delicate balance. So what sort of blend, what sort of percentage is about adding value and then also about reminding them about I think there's a, there's a good rule of thirds. Right. Um, and the same applies for social media. A third about... Uh, what you, as a as a business, as you as a as a business owner, you know, create yes. a relationship yes. with you. 
a third about um, giving advice to your client, helping them achieve you know more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be direct. It can be your experiences. It can be say, hey, I just read this fantastic book. Um, you know, I thought you might. Here was a passage that that particularly resonated with me. You might find that valuable as well. Give people mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. And a third about then selling your product. Okay, right. invite them to rebuy from you. Once they've bought from you, once you've got that relationship with them, they trust you enough to part with their hard-earned cash yep. with okay. you. And we're getting back Give to them that trust something, again. Yeah. Coming back to the trust. Give them something else. Give them the opportunity to buy from you again. Mm. And people forget that. Because that's amazing, isn't it? That, that businesses frequently will provide more than one product or service, and yet a, a, one of their customers will buy one thing and not realize they have the other. So a newsletter can be a great way to show, look what else we've got or look what else yeah, we do. Yeah, that's right. You know, and if you've got that cut through, you talk about a you know, mile deep, you know, uh, yep. two centimetres wide sort of thing. Yep. You've got into that customer's wallet. Get a bigger share of wallet by introducing other things that you do. Yep. You know, here was my initial buy. And I, 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 I like the example of saying it was your holy grail product. If you've got a, something that's really expensive that you'd love someone to buy, you know, it might be $50,000, it might be $100,000 or whatever. All right. No one's going to buy that straight away. Correct. All right. What they will buy is an easy, is an easy in. And okay. I've got a client who's a... Uh, in energy efficiency advice, right? And he can do a full home retrofit. He'll do solar panels, you know, insulation, wall, ceiling, floor. He'll double glaze all your windows, you know, put draft seals on all the doors and so on. It's a, it's a big, expensive job, but he's not going to get that sale first up. Yes. What he will do first up is get a home energy advice audit. It's $99. It's an easy buy. He goes in with his little thermal camera and says, look, you've got some bats missing up there and that's what's, is what's doing we recommend this schedule of works, but it's an easy buy for a client. And as he's done that, he's establishing that trust again yep. and moving a client down his path okay. that might take 10, 15 years to get them down, yep. but he's building value with that client. Yeah. Yeah. And, but for something of the ultimate spends a hundred thousand dollars, great. If it takes 10 years, fantastic. Yeah, it's, that's you know, right. Still ten grand a year. That's it's nice. Still ten grand a year. But yeah. you know, if he goes in straight away and says it's going to cost oh, you hundred grand, everyone's going to go. Yeah. Whoa. yeah. You know. Uh, okay. Panic. Panic. Okay. panic. Well, that's I can't great. Do that. Yeah. No, that makes loads of sense. All right. So, uh, what's your final tip? Yeah, final tip is is referral, uh, and I think this is one that people really overlook a lot. Mm. Go to your existing clients and saying, "Have I offered you value?" Do you know someone in a similar circumstances that I might be of assistance to? Yep. Hey, what What sort of resistance? I, I mean, I get. Some of the people I speak to are just like, oh, I don't like going to existing clients and asking for something. It's just, you know, I don't want to be pushy. Well, it's the same. It's, it's a fear of being rejected. Mm-hmm. And it's the same at the start of your process when you ask for a sale. If you don't ask for the sale, no one's ever going to say no. Right. Okay, fantastic. No one said no, I don't feel rejected. Yeah. At the other end, if I ask for a referral and someone says no, is that a rejection of me? Is that undermining my value? Mm-hmm. And as business owners, we can fall into that trap very easily to say, yeah. oh, I mean, they're rejecting me, you know, yep. rather than saying, I don't know anybody. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And particularly if you've, you've added value into someone's, you know. Well, typically they're going to, to be someone. in love with you because you've, you. you've made it fantastic. And so when you say, look, by the way, the way I grow my business is by referral, do you have two or three people who would appreciate this kind of service? That's right. You would think they'd be just like, yeah, let me call them now. Well, immediately you're jumping in down the trust line. If yeah, you call yeah. them cold. Exactly. And this is what I think, you know, when you look at Facebook's great success yep. over the last 10 years, I think the f- thing that Facebook did really, really well was Facebook didn't come to me and say, join Facebook. Mm. One of my friends came to me and said, join Facebook. Yeah. And that was that referral. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I've got beauty. My friends are on it. I'll get on How it. Can I not and it's it? exactly the same way with a business referral or personal referral. You're jumping in halfway down the 
the line. Yep. That someone yep. that I trust has said this guy's all right and can probably help me with something I've got a problem with. Yeah, fantastic. Great. So let's just brief recap the five tips again were joint venture. Joint ventures uh, on strategic partnerships, website, social media, uh, newsletter, and referral. Fantastic. The, the, I think just they're very simple. I know I was thinking, oh, five key things that's going to be really complicated and it'll help me. But it is about just doing the basics but doing them well, and that's yeah. what's going to make And you've got to be consistent with it. You know, yeah. Consistently ask for a referral. Consistently send it. It doesn't matter if it's a good or bad newsletter. Yeah. Just send one. Yep. Because there's a lot of people will go, yeah, yeah, newsletter, start and then stop and then you never hear from them and you don't know what's that's going right. on. That's right. And you see, you know, you see Facebook and, and LinkedIn walls where there's one post every six months. Yeah. And oh, I'm not getting any value out of this. Well, you're not working it. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. You've got to work these. So it is about being consistent. Well. Thank you so much for coming in today. If people want to get in touch with you um, and find out more, uh, how can they do that? Okay, well, you can give me a call. Happy to have a chat on the phone, set up a Skype session or a coffee uh, and see how we might be able to work together. My number's 0407-450-744. All right, so give me a buzz on 0407-450-744. Okay, and we do have a, a newsletter on our website at Green. You've got Fields. a newsletter, fantastic. We've got a newsletter, absolutely. Got to practice what you preach, Warwick. I think that, but it's it's that is not as common as what people think, is it? So um, fantastic. So if you want a newsletter which has got more tips and some other techniques on yeah, and, and, and practical application of some of these things and examples. Yeah, yeah and I think that's always a useful thing for people. So yeah, yeah. So where can they get that? You can get that from our website, greenfieldspartners.com.au. So that's greenfieldspartners.com.au. Yes, no, greenfieldspartners.com.au. Okay, and you can also find us on LinkedIn Fantastic. and Facebook as well. Tim, thank you so much time today. It's great to hear from another entrepreneur in action. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs in Action with your host, Warwick Merry. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Thanks, Warwick. Thanks, Tim. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs in Action, proudly brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Alliance Inner Circle. They work with entrepreneurs to create wealth, freedom and connections. You can find out more about them at www.eaic.com.au. Well, that's it for this edition of the Entrepreneurs in Action. Thanks for joining me. I've been your host, Warwick Merry from warwickmerry.com. I look forward to joining you next time for another episode of Entrepreneurs in Action. Entrepreneurs in Action.